Hey everyone, this is Jesse, George, and Robert, and this is BitBytes, an analytical discussion about gaming. Thanks for joining us. Hey guys. Hey all. What are we talking about today? Did we just get a y'all from you? Y'all. I throw it in That's there sometimes. Okay. I've lived in the South long enough that I, I pick up a y'all. But is Florida really a y'all type part of the country? Depends on what part of Florida. But then I went to school in Savannah and they definitely use y'alls there. Yeah, they do. <laughs> so also I find it very convenient because it's not like... You just mash words together. You mash words together. Saves it's not time. gender specific. That's my favorite it's part of it. It's friendly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. George is y'all in your vernacular. Oh, yes. Is that yes. a Charlotteism? No, it's not a Charlotteism. That's a Baton Rouge, Louisiana-ism. Oh, this is your dad's side, the backwards. It's both my mom and dad's side. Probably more so my mom's okay. side. Oh, your mom will throw down at y'all. Yeah. You guys got to peek into what our conversations are like. Like, we just completely side-railed into talking about language okay <laughs> what are we here to do talk about video games oh right so yeah big piece of news recently in the video game world Bungie and activision have divorced amicably mm-hmm? i think so question mark? sounds amicable yeah at least officially to the public to the public yes which is such but a rare sounds, there sounds like there's a little bit of friction between the two which is partially cause for the separation oh yeah yeah Okay. I think we'll we'll get into it. Yeah, similar to Telltale. Like, we don't know everything that's going on behind the scenes, but we can speculate, and that's fun. (laughs) Yeah, it is. So, I'm going to throw out the facts, the reported as facts, and then we can uh, speculate heavily, make some assumptions, and judge, and all that fun stuff. So, what happened here? Earlier this month, being January 2019, Bungie and their publisher, Activision, release a joint statement announcing the end of their eight-year partnership. Supposed to be 10 years? According to the contract, yes. So that's that's strike one of many. So according to this official statement from Bungie and Activision, this is their joint one, uh, Bungie will assume the full publishing rights and responsibilities for the Destiny franchise. This isn't the first time this has happened. This is news, kind of feels like it's got a little deja vu to it because Bungie split with Microsoft in 2007 after doing the first three Halo games. So they were owned uh, They did a little bit more than the three Halo games. Right, so yeah, they do the first three and then they did Reach and ODST on their own and those were published by Microsoft. I guess the story there is, here we get into speculation really early, but I mean, you guys know this because we all do creative stuff and we work for people. None of mm-hmm. us work for ourselves. So when you do creative stuff and you work for people, they tend to have things that they want you to do that are very specific. And they give you a little bit of playground to do your creative whatever and whatever, but there's the client has a certain need for a certain thing that they've agreed to. There's a certain budget and you do the thing. It sounds like with specifically with Halo, Bungie was like, we want to do more different cool stuff that's out of scope. And Microsoft's like, no, you can't do that. So one instance, I'm gonna go ahead and say upfront that this is fairly rumory but it's an example of this instance where they wanted to do something that was more required more creative freedom and Microsoft said, no, you can't. <laughs> in 2007, an IGN reporter uploaded screenshots of a Halo game 
that Bungie was unofficially developing for the Nintendo DS. And then Microsoft's like, yeah, so you can't do that because that directly conflicts with our business interest of main t- uh, having the exclusive rights to IP on our systems. Also, can you imagine like no. Halo Wars next to Nintendogs in the lineup? <laughs> yeah, no. doesn't really fit the Hilarious. platform. <laughs> yeah. It's a very, very niche uh, player base that would play that, I feel. Yeah, that's true. So maybe it would have been a huge flop. So this is one of many strikes of Bungie. Where you're, I'm going to throw down some serious Bungie hate. Okay. I mean, I don't actually hate them, but when I went back and did all this looking into their history, I'm like, wow, you have made several mistakes, Bungie. You don't hate them. You hate some of their decisions. I'm disappointed. <laughs> yeah, okay. You, you're better than that. Okay. Live and learn. Oh, yeah, live and mm. learn. Well, obviously they haven't. <laughs> so live and keep making the but same But is this Bungie's fault? Is this Bungie's fault? Right. Well, let's let's lay out the rest of the facts. Yep. And keep going. Sorry. Decide. Okay, some more facts. Bungie puts out their Declaration of Independence, and the colonies make Halo ODST and Reach, which both were pretty awesome, in my opinion. They were critically acclaimed, but like ODST, I played both. not so much. Why? It's very bland. For me, like me playing it, I didn't really enjoy it. Oh, okay. If the whole reason for them, they wanted a little bit of independence, bigger sandbox to play with, why why is Reach and ODST, like how is that different than the main three? Like how, how are they like They're, They don't focus on creative? the Master Chief, the main character of the franchise. But like, how is it different? How is playing different? They experiment with different, not serious gameplay mechanics, but they experiment experiment with some new kind of ideas for gameplay and, and that sort of stuff with those iterations that mm-hmm. they hadn't had before. For instance, in the first three games, you're basically like, you're like an invincible soldier, basically. Unless you play mm-hmm. on Legendary, then right. you're, <laughs> you're a punching bag. True. And then ODST, you're an everyday soldier okay. who has basically an opposite skill set of Master Chief. Master Chief is like, oh, I'm a tank. I'm just going to run right in the middle of everybody and just like no scope snipe everyone and super crazy. And then ODST, you're like a stealthy, high tech, everyday soldier. You're very vulnerable. So the gameplay is different because the design is different, but the actual mechanics of how the game works in terms of like the FPS, the HUD, a lot of, I mean, it's recycled assets and everything. So mm-hmm. it's the same engine, all that Still stuff. fighting aliens. Yep. So okay. Same okay. concept, but a different take on it. Mm-hmm. I think I'd like ODST a lot more if I had to choose. If those were the pitches, I always pick a sniper. Yeah. But you're saying you didn't like it, you felt bland? It's like, it was. it's good that they tried to do something new with the franchise, mm-hmm. but it, it. I think it was just too raw and too unrefined, mm. in my opinion. Interesting. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess they have, because this was, that was the first one they did when they were out of Microsoft's umbrella. So I assume they're in that they're nixing a lot of resources. So maybe that's what you're seeing there is they're not having access to as much QA or... The smoothness of the game, they're like there weren't bugs or anything. So like from a technical perspective, it worked fine. I think it's just some of the, the mechanics and stuff and the balancing of it and all that kind of stuff was a little fluky to me. Yeah, actually ODST and Halo 3 are tied in my mind. Really? Which I know is weird. Yeah, because... It's the whole thing of like Robert has a bunch of indies and likes original experience. So of course I like it. It's very predictable. If it's your brand, it's fine. Yeah. 
Our reach is really good too. So anyways. Oh, so do you guys remember, this is around the same time when these games are getting developed, that Peter Jackson was working on a live action Halo film? I do. Do you remember this? And there's like a 12 minute uh, snippet of what that was basically what they were going to do for the film. So if you know anything about Halo, you should look it up. It's interesting. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it shuffled a lot of hands. Del Toro was involved with it at one point and just never really got off the ground. Yeah, Yeah. not crazy. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. People were flipping out too. The, the the sheer fact that or idea that it was gonna now know, I want to go a read a whole wiki on this yeah that sounds interesting yeah I remember at the time my friend Nick he's like not my brother Nick my right. friend Nick they're different people yes my friend Nick he is a huge Halo fan he's probably the biggest Halo fan like whenever they do announcements for a new Halo game he's like dissecting the trailer I don't think he does this for anything but he'll like go full nerd with me on it and go all the way down in analysis mode like almost like what we're doing now. And he was like showing me the like that snippet of stuff that they had filmed. And he's like talking about all the production details. I'm like, I didn't even know you knew anything about film production. And he's like, Oh, I just looked it all up just for this. And I'm like, Okay, if that's what it takes. <laughs> um, some more facts. Back to facts. Bungie is operating under Activision, and then they're like, No, I want to do stuff that I want to do. And then earlier with Microsoft, they do essentially the same thing. But the big delineator here. And the circumstances that makes it very different is that Bungie did not own the rights to the Halo IP when they declared independence. So Microsoft obviously still owns that IP and they continue to milk it with 343. So they made their own studio to continue development on that. And I'm actually really psyched about the new Halo game. What's I mean, 343 is not garbage. Like they are doing it well. You think did so? Did I completely yeah. miss this new game? What? Is there a trailer Infinite? or something? Halo Infinite? Yeah. It's it's not so much a trailer, it's more of a kind of a showcase type of thing mm. where, I mean, yes, it is the Halo world that they're showing off and all that kind of stuff, but they create they made a new engine and all that kind of stuff. And so it's like you get kind of a little teaser as to potentially some of the new concepts or mm. mechanics and stuff that they're going to introduce in the next iteration okay. of Halo. No pressure. If it ever comes to PlayStation, I'll it looks it. really good. I <laughs> oh mean, my the trailer that they showed looks pretty impressive. But hey, I'm like, I'm not gonna buy a whole console just for one. It's interesting that you have that perspective on the newer iterations of Halo versus the older ones, because a lot of people would argue that when Bungie had it, it was a whole lot better than when 343 has now. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think Halo Three is probably the pinnacle of all the ones I've played. It's like the opus. Magnus, is that what it is? Magnum Magnum. Opus. Magnum Opus. Yeah. <laughs> it just sounds like a condom brand or something. That's why I never can remember it. <laughs> like you're saying, you're making a joke about PlayStation for the new for Halo Infinite, but it actually will be on the PC. So technically you could. Not that you will. Uh, no, 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 no. You said PC PC Mac? Oh no. Yeah, no. exactly. So no, I can't. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Yeah, but so so this time, it's different because Bungie does own the rights to Destiny. So when they're doing their, oh, I want to do my own art, they get to take their their little baby with them, which in my opinion is a bad thing, but we'll get there. So some stuff on Activision. Activision is, if you don't know this, they are a ginormous publisher. I mean, they've been around since like early 90s and they've worked with developers like Raven Software that did Quake, Neversoft that did the Tony Hawk, Pro Skater series and some of the older Spider-Man stuff. Treyarch that does COD and Red Octane does 
Guitar Hero. So they publish a lot of stuff, and it's not a bunch of inconsequential little ones. It's, those are some big ones. Doesn't Blizzard fall under that Activision as well? No, so or the other in way 2008, Activision and Blizzard merged. Activision Blizzard. They got really creative, and they just kept their names. I guess that keeps the confusion down, which kind of makes sense. And so two years after Activision Blizzard became a thing, Activision and Bungie started their partnership. And then four years after that, they released the first Destiny game, which has anyone played it? Mm-hmm. What do you think? It's good. I enjoyed it. The first one? Yeah. Have you played the second one? Uh, here and there, but not really. It wasn't enough new and fresh for me to warrant purchasing a you know sequel. I have the second one. I've played it pretty extensively. I like it. It's far from perfect, and it's very, very non-innovative. It's just kind of like, oh, look at all these things that have definitely worked in the past. We're going to throw them all into a blender, and here's Destiny 2. There's now like a more main story narrative in the second one that wasn't really apparent in the first one. And I think they've probably expanded Destiny 2 a little bit more than they have with the first one in terms of DLC content and expansion passes and all that kind of stuff. As someone who hasn't played either, when it was first announced, first Destiny and those like mystery trailers, I was so into it. I was very Mm. interested. I was like, woo, you know me, sci-fi, freaking love it. And like the mystery of it all, like it just seemed like, oh, there could be a really interesting story in here. And the elements all looked really cool and well-designed. I ended up not getting it because I didn't have the console for it, but that's really funny what you guys say now, like that the first game is lacking when it comes to story and that's what most people were disappointed on. And it was fairly short, right? Oh no, the campaign in Destiny 2 takes a hot minute. Oh, really? There's a lot of cutscene content. Mm. And it is, yeah, it's gorgeous. It sounds to me almost like 2 is doing what they wanted it to do in 1. Yeah. So they got you with the marketing. Oh yeah. So I would have been severely disappointed if I didn't get what I expected. <laughs> well, you would have gotten it with 2, isn't that okay? No, because they took your money. <laughs> <laughs> they promised you, and then they pulled the rug out from under you. I look at all of these expansion packs and stuff that keep coming out, and it just seems like, wow, I'm really late to the game. It would be really hard to catch up and be at an equal level where everyone else is. In those types of games, I think it's... Especially the first one, if you were to go back and play the first one, since most, I guess, most people have probably moved on to the second one. It's probably mm-hmm. pretty scarce. Yeah, yeah. And with, for the yeah. few people that are in there, they're probably massively OP and high-level, high-ranked. Yeah, it's like coming into Star Wars Battlefront super late to the game. Like, oh, well, good luck. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, seriously. So, Destiny 3. Yeah, <laughs> Join wait. the battle. <laughs> <laughs> well, they said, like, in their, kind of in the wake of their, you know, separating from Activision, is they're wanting time to focus on creating new worlds. Now, I don't know if that means new worlds within Destiny or if that means, like, new games. Oh, let me get a new IP. Start from scratch. Destiny's okay, but I want to. We're gonna make a western. Oh yeah. (laughs) Compete with Red Dead. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck. I kind of wanted to just like throw out questions around what this means because it has a ripple effect. I would assume in the AAA space when something like this happens, everybody knows it's going on. It changes the landscape in a business sense for everyone because the competition looks different. But it also has kind of an impact in terms of like incites some self-reflection for maybe some developers and publishers. It's like, well, we're subject to the same kind of relationship thing maybe potentially happening to us. 
you think it maybe tips the scales a bit more in developers' favor? Be like, oh, we can take ownership of our IPs? I'm curious on how they were even able to walk away with Destiny as an IP. Like, I'm curious if in the initial did, contract, uh, they were like, this is ours. Like, they, they made sure that was in there. Or yeah. if this is Activision being very nice. Because in a publisher-developer relationship, I always imagine the publisher is the one that has power. Like, they're the one with the money. And so I imagine them letting an IP go willingly, very unlikely. So maybe I'm, I'm wrong to think that, but and unless that was in the contract at the beginning. Unless they had to buy back their IP when they separated. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what the details. The only thing I do know is in the original contract, Bungie was supposed to have, by this time, had four Destiny games out at a minimum, all with DLC every other year for each title. So it was like really insane ask. And I think that contract got revised several times due to like just checking in on the reality of things and being like, oh, well, we got to recalibrate and revisit what that the- That is an insane ask. Like just look at the Call of Duty. They have like three different developer companies working just so they can have a yearly release. That's crazy. Yeah. Give me money. Asking one developer, what? <laughs> Activision's so greedy. <sighs> but yeah. like also Bungie agreed to it. Like. <laughs> Oh, what yeah. were they thinking? <laughs> like, I don't know. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's insane. Looking at that, it's kind of easy to condemn them. Be like, oh, Bungie didn't do what they said they were going to do. And then Activision would have, like you're saying, it makes you think they would have more leverage to be mm-hmm. like, well, you didn't do everything that, you, that we agreed that you would do. So for sure, we own Destiny, like at a minimum. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's interesting because like, there's been more of a push in the direction of things splitting up more and more. It's like the Epic Game Store just released. So it's like this like push for self-publishing and not having to rely on the traditional distribution model seems to be, like Discord even has, not that they're developing games, but they have their own store. It's like, every, and Bethesda has their own store now. It's like everybody's doing it. Cause I guess the bar for doing something like that is low enough to where like, yeah, why don't we just host our own stuff and get all the... Now the big question, I actually, I didn't read the article, but I saw the headline for it was who's going to become the first Netflix of gaming? Like slowly moving over from why are we printing discs? (laughs) You could just download it. No, not so much that, but being a place where you pay X amount of money per month. Xbox sort of has this right now. Um, where you pay X amount of money per month and then you get access to this huge library of games that you don't have to pay for, that you download, and the way that it works is because you have that subscription because it's an online game that you downloaded from their servers. Uh, obviously, once you discontinue that service, you don't you no longer have access to the game. Isn't, isn't PlayStation Plus sort of like that for PlayStation games? Microsoft does know. that too. I don't know. That's how you played Celeste. That's what I'm saying. X, that's what I'm saying. Game Pass has that, but when is there going to be a company that has that and that's all that they do? I don't know if you know the background on Netflix. Their main competitor at the time when they were growing was Blockbuster, but like the only reason they're they're where they are today is basically because they saw the future and they were like in the perfect moment in history with the perfect like vision mm-hmm. and then the medium was changing I like the the correct pace or I don't know if we're ever going to be able to recreate that with the game industry like the amount of money you know it would probably take to collect all these different 
titles and the amount sure. of willing players in that. Like, I think they because they see Netflix as a model of like, oh man, look what it's doing to yeah. cable. Like, why would we want to do that? Why would we want to contribute to that and then destroy our own industry? You know, <laughs> like ourselves, I guess. I don't know. That's the way I see it moving, though. As I see people buying less and less, you know, physical copies and wanting to actually own games, you know, versus having a place where you could, where they shuffle out the content. I really like having physical copies of my Switch games. Yeah. Because I have a nice little stack and it's like, oh, look at all my games. It's like a little set piece at my house. Oh, so nice. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, wait, each of those is like 60 bucks and then multiplied times that number. Oh, God, what am I doing with my money? But then I'm like, oh, the games are great. It's fine. <laughs> I don't even think it's a physical digital thing. I think digital is already very integrated. You have a choice. What you're saying, though, is like putting together like Microsoft, making Microsoft, Nintendo, Sony and all the others play nice and willingly give their titles to put it in this in this pot i think right. no one has the amount of money to pay the costs for that you know it's definitely something that i don't think we're there but that's where i see it that it's going that i think eventually the pendulum's going to swing far enough to where that's going to be a very viable option because that's what people are doing they're making their own proprietary stores and stuff like that where you can buy their games and start you can't rent them see but the netflix model is single massive distributor gets the rights to a ish ton of stuff mm -hmm. and then you pay subscription but I don't think that'll ever happen with games no I don't because like the closest thing that exists to it right now is Humble Bundle but even that model is completely different they're all indies there's a reason because it's cheap to well, then, have all those on there I don't know if they still yeah. exist but what is Gamefly Gamefly is a basically like a Netflix, but it's a physical copy of a disc that you send back after you're done with it. Yeah, that still th they're, I don't know if it still exists, but they almost like operate like a GameStop where they buy product mm -hmm. and then they send it out. Where this, you're asking, it's like with digital, you can't do that with digital. But downloads. that's what you do as the consumer. If I'm right, you pay a certain amount of money per month and then you get to pick and choose and stuff like of what you want to be sent to you. That is the closest to what you're describing, but I think the only reason they're able to do it, you never see big games in there, is because they're all indie and they're small. So like the amount of money to have all of those available is reasonable compared to like having Halo or having Zelda or whatever in the in the mix. I could see all like as a as a way for indies, you know, that's almost like how indies have power by like, oh, it's nothing to I'm already paying this to select what I want. So I'll, yeah, I'll give that one a try. And I think that's how indies can have um, more power in the marketplace, but I don't know if the big ones have any reason. They already they already have good visibility and they're making their money, so. That or all of the individual companies are gonna have their own streaming service once they you know get to a certain place. See, you know what's funny about this whole thing? I would hate that. I don't yeah. like that at all. As a consumer, that sounds awful. Because that's like, I don't even really like the Netflix model. I'm not, I don't have a Netflix subscription and like, I don't like it in principle and I'm willing to pay out more to continue this, the way that things are. I don't know, it cheapens the art, which is one thing in my mind. 
which is not really a legitimate business reason to make any decisions, but that's just how I feel. And then the other thing is developer makes a game. I can be like, I want this game. I give them money. They give me the game and then I own it. Like I own a book or like mm-hmm. I own anything else that I have. And that's like a, it's a somewhat, there's an intermediary obviously, but it's a somewhat, it's the closest direct relationship you can get in capitalism. Yeah. And I don't know. I think that enables you to like, I know I bring this up all the time, but you get to directly invest in the developer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like even with Destiny, it's like Activision Blizzard's in the middle of that transaction and they take their cut, but... Yeah, like if you like Stranger Things on Netflix a lot, you can't say, I want this portion of my monthly fee to go towards those producers because they're doing good. <laughs> I don't want sure. it to go to the great British bake-off people. I don't like that <laughs> one. Like, No, it's just going, Netflix is going to decide where that money goes. So there's that. Consoles exist still. And that's just another, like, what co- what game's going to be on what console. If there was, like, one console that everyone played off of, I think you'd be one giant step closer then there'd be less console wars and more options but that i would i would like it i would like there to not be multiple consoles but yeah there's there's a lot of hurdles i think it's again it's like even with the netflix models like netflix doesn't have access to the entire library of movies that exist in the world they don't get everything that comes out new because you know the the studio heads get to choose who you know the distribution and all that kind of stuff and even with the streaming services that we have, you still can buy and rent from wherever. I'm just saying that I think that's going to enter into the playing field more. I'm not saying that that's going to take over everything. The way that I see it happening, though, is slightly different just because of the way that game industry is structured, which has been alluded to a couple of times. So I'm not trying to just repeat. I'm not doubling down, but I'm just making a clarifying point. It's the thing of like, it. well, it goes back to kind of like what we were talking about earlier with the Nintendo DS Bungie trying to make a game for the DS. Like that would never happen. And it won't ever happen in the foreseeable future unless there there is a particular path that is somewhat conceivable, but it would require some like slight miracles in terms of business consolidations and things. I could see that what you're, describing happening if a couple of conditions were met, which is there was a single entity like some kind of a gaming Netflix that in the in a similar way to the way that Humble Bundle supports indies and gives them a platform and a place to distribute their games. Thank you. If they were able to accumulate a really large library of that and continue to do it and grow and then somehow grab some of that like mid-tier action in the midst of that. Mm-hmm. And then at that same time, same timeline, if Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft in any combination were to be like, hey, let's join forces, then the, whichever combination of those joined together would annihilate whoever was left. It would be no competition. That might be an overstatement, but it would, it would sway things really heavy in one direction and then, so you see what I'm saying? Like the more monopolized it got and the more that like there was this kind of like undercurrent indie growth getting into mid-tier entity thing. And then they were able to like combine that. I think that's the only way that that, that could actually happen. I think it's not even happening with TV streaming services. What's happening is the giants, like Disney's doing their own, Hulu's got their own. Prime has their own, like you already have that now. Nintendo has their online, they're feeding 
those free games you can play. PlayStation has PlayStation Plus. They Mm -hmm. offer free games every month. Xbox does their thing. So it's like, I feel like we're sort of already there. There's just not as much, um, there's like, there's no crossover outside of the indies. Well, there is some crossover with the streaming services. But it's happening more and more though. Games that were originally exclusive to one, you know, console, you know, the newer iterations and stuff like that are being, you know, more consoles. My understanding of why that is a thing is to make more money. Right. Yeah, Because it's a scarcity <laughs> thing initially, and then you open it up, and it's like, oh, I can get it now. I guess I'll buy it again. Yeah. The way that I see it is it's not there yet, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's very much going to become an actual thing down the road. I feel like we are there, except like now you'll see, what, six months after a movie is out, Black Panther's on Netflix, right? We don't have that. Like, you have all of the dregs or the super old games on those services that they're willing to be like, oh, we're not gonna lose money, it's fine. It's just a perk. But like, you'll never see a, like a primetime Zelda game six months after its release on sure. one of those services. Uh, that's the biggest difference. And I think that's what you're looking for. Well, but even with the older library of stuff, like Nintendo won't give that away either. That's such a huge cash cow. They can just, every time they come out with new hardware, they can rebuild their backlog of stuff. Mm-hmm. and. I that, mean, like, why would they? But give I mean, that that's up? like why HBO isn't on Netflix. You know, yeah. HBO has its own self-contained thing. They're not on now. You can pay for their stuff on other streaming platforms and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm saying we're already there. Like the streaming platforms are split, just like the big three are split. <laughs> like I guess I don't see why we're not there already. I don't yeah, know. it's only it's slightly less incestuous, maybe in gaming like it's maybe somewhat more delineated just because like you're saying like you can get hbo stuff on through hulu so if you have a subscription but then you have to still pay for mm-hmm. hbo yeah but there, that doesn't really exist i think it's just more like how are you receiving it you're still paying that extra you know yeah uh, what app are you getting it through it's almost like i mean i don't i don't know how exactly the parameters of that particular type of distribution platform would work for games but i don't think that it's very far off because xbox is already doing it or microsoft is already doing it they have xbox game pass where they shuffle out new games after you know x amount of time and put you know new you know games and stuff and it's a large library and all that kind of stuff you described my nightmare vision earlier robert of like the big three just becoming one why is that a nightmare? You go on about Bezos all the time and Amazon, same situation. Less creativity. No. <laughs> no, no, no. No, it's my nightmare too. Yeah, I'm just yeah. interested to know why. <laughs> or maybe it's not where they become a single entity, but they share, you know, together like the they're their own obvious like departments and stuff like that. So you have Nintendo over here, Microsoft's all the way over there, and then, you know, PlayStation, Sony Entertainment's there. But if I live to see the day where Sakurai's getting whored around between Microsoft and Sony and Nintendo, that will be the day that I die. No, that's what I'm saying is like, they will continue to exist, but the way that consumers are allowed to access that is not, is changed. It's like a shared access mm-hmm. to all of them. That would put weird pressure on those three because like, okay, let's just say I'm in it for Zelda, mm-hmm. only Zelda. I don't care about the other games. They're not what's interesting to me. Then there's more pressure on Nintendo. Like they're carrying a heavier weight, like bigger burden, but getting what the same amount as the other two. Like 
I don't know. It's, yeah, why would they share it? That's yeah. That's They'd so be shooting themselves in the foot for sure. But it's like the same thing. It's just the initial buy-in for a console. No, but it's not the same thing because Nintendo won't make all the profits. They'll be sharing it with everyone else. Like no, they're providing higher value stuff. This is like hypothetically, like, you know. Um, if it's set up that way. I don't. Know. It's it's very interesting to think about and like I think comparing. It's, I, it fascinates me. Comparing the TV industry to the game industry always interests me. <laughs> we went on a really long tangent. Whoops. Um, that That's could, not bad. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, that whole thing is getting edited out. Just kidding. It's not. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. No. Thanks for bringing it up, George. I do enjoy having those. It makes me think about what if. If nothing else, I'm very grateful for the current state of affairs. I'm going to continue to enjoy it as long as it lasts, which may not be for very long because you seem to think that it's going to change, and that's scary. Well, because more people are becoming like independent studios, and more people are breaking off from and wanting to do their own thing, and they're becoming more private companies. I could see more like the developers separating from publishers, like less of these contracts, like we're tied to Microsoft or we're tied to Activision. Yeah. I think that would let creativity, creativity flourish tremendously no yeah i agree and in a way it's almost the opposite of what you're describing is kind of what's happening with the developers who are going off on their own because they get to call the shots they sell where they want they do what they want well to a certain extent so another thing that i threw on here is that bungie got a hundred million dollar investment from a chinese company that's pretty so. common nowadays <laughs> you know how often that's China happened owns everything with like these developers yeah so i mean they're still you're still accountable to someone right yeah i mean the money has to come from somewhere yeah. you mm -hmm. can't just no, do whatever Bungie you goes on um one of those crowd funding Indiegogo. oh my god <laughs> we kickstarter want to make guys. Uh. <laughs> but see but then i think like the the streaming platform and that sort of idea could be potentially a benefit to people like that and that model because it's a larger market base and all that kind of stuff because you wouldn't be necessarily limited to one person having this particular type of console because you have access to all of this you know yeah. stuff the streaming platform would act instead of a publisher yeah. and then there's users already feeding into the streaming platform that would feed the, the funding you need right food for thought <laughs> yeah but it's not gonna in my mind it's not gonna yield the same results because you're splitting the pot like some it's like someone has to decide how that's going to get split and it's not going to be the same people who are making that call those calls now it's like the self-interest on some level of the way that things work at the current moment is actually awesome because it allows us to get breath of the wild it, that game has to perform extremely well and it has to be flawless so that's what we get mm -hmm. because there's a lot at stake so nintendo's going to throw all them thing all the resources at it yeah so oh man I don't, I don't like this conversation. <laughs> it's scaring me. Oh man! So it all is new change is scary. What's up? All new change, new drastic change can be scary. Um, I'm okay with like actual stuff in my personal life getting like turning into a total nightmare. But video games, don't touch it. <laughs> <laughs> it's your um, safe place. Yeah, that's all I have left. <laughs> don't ruin it. <laughs> It is interesting, though, because this, in a way, it's like, oh, Bungie, oh, we're independent. But it's like, no, you're not. You just got a huge lump sum from this Chinese company 
So now you're going to be like, oh, see, Activision, we're on our own. It's like, no, you're not. You're still beholden to someone. <laughs> Somebody's paying the bill. It just happens to be somebody else now. People are making it out to be a big deal. Yeah, but in a sense, it's almost like they're just jumping back in someone else's cradle. Yeah, unless it's a gesture of good faith. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, I mean, I, there's probably less restriction in the sense that they just probably want their money back. I don't mm -hmm. think they're dipping their hands in creatively, you know. I'm actually curious what the profits from Destiny 1 were to see if I have no sense mm -hmm. of if 100 million is easy to match or not when it comes to um, the gaming world. I believe in the last episode you said 50 to 60 was normal for development of a AAA. Five, I think at this level, 5. it's like 4 million copies. So the game made more than 325 million Okay. for Destiny 1. So they're like, give us another one of those. You'll probably be good. Yeah. I'm really curious if they're going to do Destiny 3 or do a new IP. Why not both? Because you're okay. too small. <laughs> I would prefer something new. Wait, guys. Smash Bros. DLC character. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> They're collaborating with Nintendo. <laughs> no. um, Did you, this is how the Monopoly starts. Know there's, Don't do it. Y'all know there's speculation about uh, Steve from Minecraft actually being in. I would not surprised if that was the Well, no. We, didn't we like sort of say Microsoft? About that. Is that real? Microsoft owns Minecraft, so yeah. why would they allow that? It's like, well, why is Snake in, you know? Konami, or yeah, Konami, why is Snake in Smash Bros? Because PlayStation Sega. is more of a player. Or I don't know. Or Sonic <laughs> is in Smash Bros. Pac-Man. Yeah. But they're not Microsoft. No, they're not. But who's to say that, you Who know. plays a snake? <laughs> Stupid. Maybe this is like, Microsoft joins the fray. Here's Master Chief. Here's whatever his name is. They better get his butt right. If yeah. you're going to put him in character <laughs> and get the butt right. Come on. Well... They did well for snakes, so I'm sure they'll do well for Master Chief. <laughs> so you mentioned in your research about self-publishing is viable and trendy right now, and that Activision separately has been dabbling in a new and going in a new direction. So like maybe that's why one of the reasons they were amicable with a split. They both have different things they want to try out, and they're just like, yeah, yeah. let's go our separate ways. Yeah, it's not an ugly divorce. It's a, it's a, <laughs> we both realize we don't want this anymore, divorce, so. Yeah. I found the response from, like, fellow game developers on social media when this news came out was very much congratulatory of Bungie, and they're like, we're excited for you, blah, blah, blah. It just, like, the tone of it made it sound very, like, you got away from them. Good job. Really? <laughs> it's like, I felt so, too. Yeah, that's how it sounded. I'm like, I wonder if it's one of those, you know. Because I think now that they're kind of, like, away in their, their, their own entity, now, granted, there is the potential problem for resources and having to upfront all that yourself as a studio. But I also think, you know, based off of what you had said with Act, or you had said with Activision, um, that they demanded a ridiculous, you know, what was it, four games in the ten month contract, and then DLC every other year for those games for Destiny. Yeah, a longer timeline, but yeah. 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 So it's just like now not having that crushing weight on them, 
from the distributor right or the publisher yeah um is to me is a great you know potential for really making something awesome yeah i can breathe a little bit and do it's things like the witcher yes cd project red if they do if they turn into another cd project red mm, 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 i will give you all the money <laughs> That's some good stuff. Might take eight years to develop one game, but... It'll be worth it, though. Yeah. See, but that's the... Rockstar does that, too, right? Mm -hmm. And it always pays off. I think the talent's there. It's just depending on how they choose to structure their, you know, going forward. Well, and maybe, like, Jesse, you're saying this reception that it's getting, maybe it'll actually attract people who are into the FPS sci-fi gobbledygook-type deal... And they want to develop those kinds of games without mm-hmm. the publisher pressure. Mm-hmm. So maybe it'll actually bolster their talent. Yeah. That would be cool. It's probably what Bungie's thinking too. I want Activision and Red Octane to go make another Guitar Hero baby. Yes, I me too. That. Well, there was the Guitar <laughs> what the Guitar Hero Live or whatever that they made. What is that? It's a relatively newer iteration of Guitar Hero. I don't know if it's called Guitar Hero Live. Can you imagine that on the Switch? Yeah, Guitar Hero Live came, Joy-Cons. was released in 2015 on the PS4. Oh, yeah. Okay. Did it not yes. do well? Uh, I don't remember. I haven't heard anything about it. I, I, did, I don't have like a PS4, so New I don't know. peripherals, you know? Like, imagine the Joy-Con sensitivity. Like, you don't even need, like, a guitar setup. There is, <laughs> speaking yeah. of Guitar Hero and Rock yeah. Band, there is Rock Band for Oculus. Oh, cool. Uh, do they put that? you like on a stadium? I don't know. I haven't tried it. I have no oh, idea what it's so like. Cool. You should try it, yeah. Potentially, you don't have to get different instruments because it's like all of it's done in VR. True. And then, Jesse, you could use your guitar. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Rig it with my Wii yes. <laughs> Anyway. The generation that comes after the one that are children now, I don't know what their ex, the iPodders or whatever the heck they're called. <laughs> What? <laughs> the iPodders. No, we're know. running out of alphabetical, you know. Yeah, we're already making stuff up. Whoever that is, presumably the generation that would be the offspring of our generation. I, oh man, the their sense of reality is going to be so. But see, this is what all old people do: is constantly remind young generation. <laughs> when back in my day, I'm already doing it. I'm only 27 <laughs> years old, and I'm already thinking about how the generation is going to be so messed up, and they're not going to understand anything, and they're not going to appreciate anything. So, still on brand for you. I think I just got a white hair just now. So, <laughs> wow. Good lord. This no, is, it's kind of good and bad news to me. Mm-hmm. Like this is definitely a mixed bag. It's not. I don't. I'm not super excited about it, but it's kind of like a yeah, great. But like we'll see, because if it doesn't yield anything that's worthwhile, it's like yeah. Whatever. There's a lot of potential calls for it to go south, because there's a lot of new variables that had to be considered with introducing something like that. Um, but then there's also the possibility of opening new doors to people that you know and a bigger platform for those that don't have it right now. I think it's really riskier because you're working with a smaller audience base Mm -hmm. with gamers, but you also have a potential larger audience base because right now we're all split between consoles. This is a whole podcast topic of its own, but do you want Nintendo to stop making hardware or do you want them to keep at it? No, uh, no, the Switch is the best yet. I can see there's already a difference oh. of opinion. <laughs> no, I, like, I love the Switch. 
um, I definitely think it's like it's a good new direction that they've taken with the, the the concept of merging mobile and console together. And of course, with every new iteration of stuff like that, it's like it's good, but there's a lot of stuff that can be improved upon. And so I'm really excited to. Previously, I wasn't that crazy about Nintendo hardware. Like the Wii was cool. I mean, I wasn't crazy. I, I skipped the Wii U because to me it wasn't that big of a thing for me personally. Imagine um, having a map not on screen. <laughs> you don't have to go into a sub menu. It's just there. That's why I have a 3DS. It's too tiny. It's just a map on the bottom and then the. <laughs> games. And so, that, I mean, to me is a big breakthrough having like a console on the go. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, no. no. And a music player. Yeah, and a music player. <laughs> hey, don't make jokes. You know I do that. Um, but being that, you know, again, that Nintendo is behind on a lot of stuff that would really, to me, would make the Switch that much further. Um, and the, Obviously, it sold out. It outperformed all of the uh, other consoles in terms of sales for consoles, but... The only way I think it's going to continue to really be something is if Nintendo starts improving these other stuff that they've fallen behind so for so long. With. Like I've heard that argument every iteration. That's so funny because I have this conversation with people through high school and college, and it's like every time people say that they're only going to be successful, truly successful, if they catch up on like graphic fidelity. No, I'm not saying that they're not successful. I'm saying that. Because, you know, being more mobile and more social with, you know, the mobile platform and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, people, I think, because they're allowing more uh, other games into their library from other developers and distributors and everything that they have before, some of those games are multiplayer based. And so they're suffering because Nintendo's online experience hasn't been, you know, anything compared to... Oh yeah, no. It's terrible. Please, that needs to be their next. <laughs> so with the inclusion of you know other, you know developers, other games, um, be allowing it to be more mobile and that sort of stuff, it's like you gotta you gotta up that for it to continue to be as successful as it's been. Ideally, while I do want both innovation and in hardware and multiplayer, like if I had to pick one, keep doing the hardware thing because. I feel like they're pushing the other industries to be better with the Wii and then with the Switch now. Like, no, none of the other companies are doing that. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm afraid if we lose them, then we'll sort of stagnate when it comes to that. I'm sure, we'll get better, like, processors and, like, yeah. computers inside of our consoles. To but. me, it's it's just the games, not so much the hardware for me. Continue to make the games, you know, stellar. I don't mind sitting at home, you know, as the traditional way of consoles has been. It's not even like sitting at home because like, you know, making it merging mobile and console together for this, but like it's, you know, they're refining their controllers. Like with the Wii was a big motion as a thing. Like what's the next, I'm not saying it's even gonna be mobile or motion or whatever. It's like, what is the next new thing? No one's thinking about that except for Nintendo. Or, you know, others like VR outside of those. And then they sort of just catch up and throw it on. They stick it on their consoles after the fact. I'm like, no, be thinking about that now. Who knows? Wait until I can play a Legend of Zelda game in VR. How about that? <laughs> You've been saying a lot of stuff tonight that I've... 
I don't I don't like all the things you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> you just make me scared. It's just it's new. It's it's like the possibility for like the directions that you can take stuff is like freaking awesome to me. Well, and of I'm, course you're. I know you're seeing kind of the negative potential impact for that kind of stuff. I don't know. It's just it's really exciting to me. Well, you put your money where your mouth is too. You invest in that stuff, so yeah, you believe in it. That's cool. I'm like, I'll let you guys invest in it. I'll get on it five years on the road when it's more stable. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Um, I want to be a pioneer. Yeah, you do. <laughs> you go do that. And without you, without your support, we would not benefit from five years from now when VR actually works. I'll keep. It works now. Triggered. Thank you. <laughs> that was supposed to be a triggering statement. I'll keep no, Nintendo hardware afloat. You keep the new innovations afloat, and uh, you keep funding those indie games, Robert. Yes. <laughs> so. We'll all do our part. Yeah. Cool. cool. Well, this was definitely a really interesting winding road we took with this podcast so thanks for bearing with us back to our normal programming next week (laughs) (laughs) well that's all the time we have for this week see you next time